Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging today, and today we have Dr. Randy Bennett joining us, and Randy is going to talk about just some of the challenges that he's been through personally that have helped pastorally and vice versa with that, a lot of uh, death and and, um, challenges in his life over these past couple of years. So Randy, would you just like to introduce yourself and a little bit about uh, where you serve at this time? Yes, I serve in the heartland of California, where Californians are actually politically, socially, and every other way, very, very conservative. <laughs> Too hot to be otherwise. This is Central California. I'm in Bakersfield. Uh, this is actually where Southern Baptist work began in California, where the Dust Bowl and the uh, Great Depression drove many, many Americans to come searching for work in the 1920s and 1930s, and they came right here. And so this is ended up where Southern Baptist work began. And the first Southern Baptist churches were begun here, and first Southern Baptist Association was begun here. And I believe I'm the fifth person to serve as the director of missions of the Baptist Association here. And I was called here to begin serving in 1995, and I've been here for 26, 27 years. And it's been a very interesting time of service. We have seen so many changes. I'm sure. Uh, the way the churches operate, the, the way they function, and of course, with the rest of the world, we have been greatly impacted by the COVID uh, shutdowns. And the churches are still struggling to get back to what they once were, if they ever will. And I don't think they will. It's, it's generally, you have to start something new. And I don't think we know what that something new is yet. Hmm. But prior to that, I was a pastor for 20 years. And then my hobby is I'm an adjunct professor at three different seminaries. One of the differences between being a pastor and being a director of missions is 20 hours a week. You think about that. The 20 hours a week you spent studying to preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Well, you have that 20 hours and that left such a gap in my life. Hmm. Uh, that I realized, well, I can actually be an adjunct professor and uh, it will fill my life and make me uh, a lot more personally fulfilled if I can invest in students both online and then on campus where I can. But I do a lot of my work is online and then I do work in the DMIN program at, at Midwestern uh, going live when we can, but I did have my first experience last year with the Zoom DMIN seminar. That was <laughs> quite the experience. I practiced and practiced and practiced. I sort of had the feeling like uh, a DMIN experience online with Zoom should be a professional experience, and it turned out to be so. And so I've really gone to uh, grown to really enjoy the Zoom experience. It, it can be really good if the technology cooperates. Sure. And if you practice, you have to practice. And so uh, my wife and I live here in Bakersfield and uh, well, we live here with, and our mother-in-law lives with us. She's, uh, she's here with us. She has severe dementia and memory loss. 
and she is now in hospice. And all that is quite a story. And so that'll be part of what we'll talk about today. Well, so having served 20 years as a pastor and now 25, 26 years as as DOM, you have certainly seen people age your mother-in-law, even as a part of that. You've helped people, you've helped pastors with grieving. So can you share a couple of thoughts, a few thoughts maybe on how you navigate these particular challenges as pastor, as DOM, in whatever capacity you would wish to share that, Randy? It's been, uh, I think it's been helpful to have experience with death. I think the average person has not seen death. Very early in my ministry, I think I was 18 or 19 years old when I was a youth pastor in Colton. Uh, my pastor, and, and bless his heart, he scared me to death, I'll tell you. He took me to the hospital to, to visit with him with the person who was dying. And I got to be there with them when they died. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen that before. I had not ever been with a relative when they died. And then at my next church as a youth pastor, the pastor there did the same thing with me. And then the next, then the next, then the next. And so I'd say by the time I was 22, 23, I had been with numerous people when they died. And I tell you that helped so much because I kind of learned the face of death. Hmm. And I learned that death itself was not so ugly. That it was not so frightening. And so it, that really helped me a lot as pastor. And I think it, it helps me then as a family member when I see my loved ones dead. I can kind of face it better. And then last year, my own mom died. She died in June. And so we were like the COVID families. We were able to have a very small gravesite, but not a funeral. And that was difficult, not having a funeral. Uh, but I was able to kind of look death face on and not be freaked out by it. One of the things I learned early on then as a pastor I learned from this woman in the church. She was a tall, thin woman, and her husband had lung cancer. And I don't know if it's possible, Andy, but I think I learned to spot lung cancer. Hmm. You know, there's a certain look that that particularly men have that have lung cancer. You can almost see it. And i probably silly to think I can spot it. But I've spotted it a number of times, and I look at someone, I think they have lung cancer, and you can almost spot it. Uh, But she kept saying about her husband, she says, you know, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm really ready for my husband to go. She was so emphatic, I kind of believed her. And I took her at her word. Well, that was a big mistake. She was not ready. And so her husband died. We went through the funeral and and all the process. And and when it was over, he had died and the funeral was over. She said to me, Pastor, I wasn't ready. I don't know why I told you that. I wasn't ready. That was a great lesson for me as a pastor, as a caregiver. She wasn't ready because I think the conscience in the mind always believes there's one more day. There's always one more day, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't. In fact, I watched a TV movie of the week and that was what the character was saying. He says, all I want is one more full day with my wife. And I don't think I would have understood what that character was trying to say if it hadn't been for this woman. Because in your mind, there's always one more day. 
And so that really helped me understand that you're never ready. Whether it's your, your own spouse or whether it's your dad or your mom. My dad died in 1991. We weren't ready. When my mom died last June. We knew she was going to die. We weren't ready. Carol's dad died 10 years ago. We weren't ready. And we know Carol's mom is going to die sometime in the next year. We're not ready for that because there's always one more day. And so that's helped me in providing counsel to people that you're not ready. Mm. The other thing I, I've, I've learned is that the uh, process of grief, although there are stages of grief, and I've had that training, and I think it's helpful, but everybody grieves differently. It takes a different shape. Uh, some people cry, some people don't cry. I happen to be a crier. I don't know about you, Andy, but and I cry. I just cry. I can't help it. And the older I get, I cry more because it got, it does kind of bunch up. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you, you've got them in bunches. By December last year, we just had like multiple deaths, and I hate to sound silly here, but including our dog. Our dog died the same day as people as people we really love died. And you put it all together, it was very difficult before Christmas to lose our dog and humans that we loved. And it was just, it was all together, it was very difficult. It made Christmas is extra hard. But I tell you this, I, I don't ever apologize for my tears. Sure. I, I'm, I'm grateful for my tears. I learned that with my dad and my, my older brother, for example, He's, he's got that stoic, that stoicism. He's, he's very stoic. I don't think for my dad, I don't think he cried for years. Whereas my brother and my mom, we, we cried together immediately and we kept crying. And I think we got through it better. And my older brother, I think he came to me uh, like seven years later and he said, how did you guys get through it so quickly? And I think it's because we cried immediately. And sometimes I even pray, God, please let me, let me weep. Let me weep and get through this pain. Let the pain come out through my tears. So uh, don't ever apologize for your tears. I think the tears are cleansing. I know in my dad's generation, he's that great generation that came through World War II. It seemed like there's two things those people couldn't do. They couldn't say to their children, I love you. That was weird. They just couldn't say it. And they couldn't cry. His parents died. He never shed a tear. And I would ask him, well, Dad, can't you cry? Well, what good, what good would it do? Well, Dad, it would do a lot of good. It would take away the pain. Well, it wouldn't do any good, so I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it would do a lot of good. Why don't you let it out? No, it won't do any good. Yeah, well, yes, it would. It's, but he would never cry. And my older brother's kind of like that. But it's different, though. He was my mom's caregiver. Okay. And, and he's crying all the time. And I'm happy for him. He's a little embarrassed and I'm saying, no, no, this is the way it is. You should be crying. You cared for her for the last 10, 12 years. And yeah, you got a big hole in your heart. You should yeah. be crying. Yeah. So cry and don't apologize for it. So if you cry with the loss of a loved one, go ahead. <laughs> Even if your little cat or dog dies, just go ahead and cry. Well, like you said, it's, you know, people do kind of handle these things differently, um, you know, and, and, and move forward differently, move forward, forward at different paces. 
And you've, you've already touched on this just a little bit, Randy, but how, how has that understanding for you, you know, going back to the 90s with your father, et cetera, how has that helped you to help others? Uh, obviously, you're as a pastor, but you're also a person. And sometimes people forget that, that, that we as pastors are all actually people that deal with emotions and things as well. So, so how has that, the, those experiences in your own life helped you to better care for people who are aging or dying uh, or the people who are left behind from others who have, who have gone on and, and died? I think, uh, I guess, a number of things. Number one is I'm a pretty good listener. And people kind of, they're open to talk to me about where they're at. Partly because I'm open to talk to them about where I'm at. Okay. For example, I've shared with you off camera that my mentor died early Monday morning. So this two days ago at our pastor's Zoom meeting, I shared with our pastors that my mentor died. And I, I shared so with tears. And the men were really listening. And so I got a number of comments back for them and texts. And they said, thank you for sharing your heart. And they said, we were really listening. <laughs> and they were because I, I opened my heart to them. Mm-hmm. What that means is then they'll open their hearts to me when they're mm-hmm. hurting. Mm-hmm. And I think often when they're hurting, they just want, they want someone that knows what they feel so that they can open their hearts to me when they're hurting. And part of what we do have in our association, if we have that kind of spirit with each other, is that one person hurts, we share with them. Uh, we're not in competition with each other to grow mm-hmm. the biggest churches. Uh, we're not trying to out-baptize each other. We're not trying to outgrow churches so that one person can be better than the next. We're, we're in this together. And we love each other and we support each other. And uh, we, we have a lot of support uh, for the things that each, each of us are going through. Not only the pastors, but so do the pastors' wives. Good. My wife spends a lot of time with the other pastors. And they are really good at supporting each other when there's loss, especially death. Okay. And one thing we notice, I'm, I'm in my late 60s, that everybody in our age group is going through this right now. Hmm. And they're, they're taking care of a parent or two parents, or they've just lost a parent. Uh, some good friends of mine have just finished losing the second parent. Or one of the, one of the uh, couples very close to us, they, one parent died and the other parent now is now coming under their roof, just like we've mm-hmm. done. And so we're all commiserating this together. And we all know we're gonna be facing their deaths together. And so we're, we stay, we, we share our stories. In fact, my wife has been going to a support group at one of the churches nearby. And one of the things I did, and this is, I think I broke the preacher rules. Uh, I went to a grief support group as a participant, not the leader. Okay. And I almost felt like, uh-oh, I shouldn't tell any of the preachers. because We're supposed to have it all together. Yeah. 
but I was crying so much over my mother's death. I wasn't handling it well. And I was praying about it. And I kind of felt like the Lord said, you, you encourage others to get help. Why don't you get help? So right then I opened up Facebook and, and our church, Valley Baptist Church, was offering a grief support group on Zoom. And I thought, well, I'm going to sign up. So I, I just finished that a couple weeks ago and it was 13 weeks and uh, I really needed it. I needed to go through the process. And it was great. It was really great. And I was the most emotional one there. And I don't think my loss was the greatest loss. There was three couples in there that had lost grown children. Oh, wow. Which I yeah. think has to be the worst loss there is. And so there I, I lost my mother. I lost an older woman. And one of the things I, I thought, wow, all those years as a pastor, did I really understand when a 60-year-old man lost his 90-year-old mother that it hurt just as much as though I was a young person. Hmm. I don't think I did. I think I kind of thought, well, she's an old, old woman. He's an old, old man. That's not a big deal. Wrong. Hmm. No. To me, that's my mom, How, however old I am. And I have to, I almost wish I could go back and ask, ask forgiveness of some people for my lack of compassion and understanding. But I see it differently now. I really do. But the grief share group is very, very helpful to me. And I'd encourage anybody to go through that. Especially if you're having, if you're having a hard time to get through it. And I think for me, part of the reason I was having an extra time getting through it is because it, it was really the accumulation of multiple deaths in my life. Yeah that were taking place. It wasn't, it was mom and two or three others. It had happened at the same time. It just kept piling up on me. Thank you for joining us today. In the next episode, I will continue the conversation with Dr. Randy Bennett as we discuss the issue of aging and death from a personal and pastoral perspective. Biblical Perspectives on Aging is brought to you by Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries a ministry committed to setting a Christ-like standard of care for the aging. For more information, go to thebaptisthome.org. That's all one word, thebaptisthome.org. Together, we can be the voice for the aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.